listening to The Pseudo Show on Sunrise Robot. I'm your host, Michael Edwards, and The Pseudo Show thrives on the support of our fans. So please check out sunriserobot.net slash support and find some ways you can help us keep the lights on and the episodes rolling. This is episode 21 of The Pseudo Show, and it's my special treat to talk with one of the most interesting bands working today in Denver, Chimney Choir. Chimney Choir is a five-member troupe of creative multi-instrumentalists. And beyond being a, a pool of talent, a kind of a super group, they've also been on a journey discovering new ways to challenge themselves and collaborate and push each other into new places. Chimney Choir is not afraid of the theatrical, and many of their live shows have exhibited a spirit of experimentation with costumes and role-playing and audience participation. They're kind of mixing all these things in a nice musical pot. With that in mind, it should be no surprise that Chimney Choir would be sought out for collaboration. And today's episode is all about their new project with the modern ballet company Wonderbound. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you'll already know all about Wonderbound. They've been featured in many past episodes, including Rachel Cross for her costume design, Sarah Tallman, one of their choreographers, and a trio of their dancers, Damien Patterson, Meredith Strathmeyer, and Candice Bergeron. So if this episode piques your interest into this fascinating ballet company, look into our episode history on Sunrise Robot and gain some more insights into their work. For this episode, our discussion centers around the latest Wonderbound production called Boomtown, for which the Chimney Choir has been commissioned to compose original music. It's a really interesting project, and let's get right into the interview. So if you guys want to take a second, maybe just go around and, and say your name and what you do in the Chimney Choir. We'll go clockwise or counterclockwise. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kevin Larkin, and uh, I, I play mandolin and do a lot with the computer and do a little guitar and some percussion and whatever other instruments are laying around that needed to be played for a song. You sing too. And, and I sing too. <laughs> I'm Tom Plassmeyer. I mostly play bass. I'll be playing a little bit of guitar on some of the upcoming things we're doing. And I sing very occasionally as well. I'm Chris Stricky, and I play violin and sing and also do other miscellaneous instruments. I'm David Reinhardt. I play guitar, piano, and percussion and sing. And uh, not pictured here is a, a Carl... Uh, who drums for you guys and drums for a lot of bands in Denver. And um, sad to miss his voice, but I think we've got plenty of talent in the room to represent. Um, so I just, I guess right off the bat, how did you guys get involved with Wonderbound and Boomtown, the production? We had, uh, we had seen Carry On, like so many, uh, so many people. Was that the Paper seen. Bird one? Yes. Yeah. We had seen the Paper Bird ballet, and that was amazing. I think we might all have different first experiences with Wonderbound because I actually saw the Jesse Manley uh, show called Vagabond Hill that came out before uh, Carry On. That was my first exposure to them. But uh, I think in general as a band, I think it was it was Paperbird. And we knew them a little bit. We were just starting off as a band and... Uh, Kevin had connected with Macon Terry, who was then playing bass with Paperbird. And uh, I've Macon for 15 years. Yeah, he's been <laughs> Macon for a long time. I remember at one point being in this no-name bar in Boulder. Literally. 
And yeah, it was called the No Name Bar uh, on University and Broadway. And uh, uh, Macon was there. Uh, I was I was starstruck with him at that point in time. I didn't really know him. Kevin knew him, and they were in the process of writing Carry On. And I remember Macon talking about how uh, working with uh, this dance company was just really changing the way that they collaborated as a band. And I remember that that really. Uh, stuck out to me. I thought, I want, I want something like that. I want <laughs> yeah. to do something like that, and got to know them a little bit more, and saw the saw their show, and saw saw it at Ellie Calkins as well, and it was just so amazing. And then um, we had started to play around with performance art. Chris uh, emailed Macon and said, "Hey, can you put us in touch with that ballet company? They seem really cool." And then Macon uh, sent the email that connected us, and they came to one of our weirder shows in which uh, it was here, actually. That probably played in your favor. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did, I think. Uh, We had done a show here in the Antique Warehouse, where we are now, where I live, and... um, uh, we we had little like ghost pixie people go into the audience and give people messages, and then later <laughs> on we had this psychedelic game show. And we, we staged a fight, and uh, we actually had a freeze time moment, like in Saved by the Bell. And Chris, like, <laughs> Chris talked to the audience and all this stuff. You got to call and, up uh, random people from the audience. Yeah, I think uh, Aaron Loki got called up. Those. The first time you got to know him, and he was he was one of the contestants on the game right. show, which is really fun. But uh, Garrett and Don from Wonderbound uh, were at that show, and that was their first exposure to us. And apparently, it was good. And then uh, we shortly after got the invite to work with. That's them. cool. And so the the production you're working on is Boomtown, and what is Boomtown all about? We like we started meeting with them first to. To talk about Garrett at first said, "Let's just get together and talk about life," and then that's how all of these <laughs> collaborations happen. So it was super fun. We went in there um, the first couple times over a year ago, probably about um, maybe even at the end of 2013, somewhere around there. But we started talking to them about um, just what was inspiring at the time, which was really refreshing. We weren't; it was a longer timeline, and and we just kind of started talking about what was inspiring to us and and kind of settled on this fascination with what was going on in in Denver is a place where everyone was moving to. It's what brought all of us there. You know, we all moved here to kind of do art. They had just relocated from Broomfield to Denver, which is, you know, a bit of a move. And so there was this fascination with that. And we we kept on uh, going with that and would go away for a little while and do some of these free rights and just kind of try to get a pulse of something and uh, and go meet with them again. And then we would kind of keep on uh, these conversation rolling for a while. And it finally turned into, let's do a bunch of stories about a town that has seen some sort of like explosion of population or business, you know? And so it ended up being, it started off as Denver, but then we ended up investigating all of the booms, you know, silver and gold, pot, oil, <laughs> pretty much anything that brings people yeah. like this electric energy to the place. So... And then, yeah, then it turned into kind of thinking about the the psychological aspect of it and the expectations of when things are are booming, kind of like Denver is now, and everyone's thinking about it, everyone's paying attention to it. You can't even talk to somebody without them either saying like, "Oh, I'm about to move to Denver," or <laughs> "My friend's moving." To, uh, everyone's just moving here right now. So in this in this time, you know, everyone 
kind of want something from it and that that uh that creates what it is all these people coming here wanting something yeah and, it makes it reality and that's really interesting and then on the other side of it too when when the boom is not happening uh but i think it's it, it, it's it's nice too to comment on how wonderbound uh works these collaborations and that saying you know just uh saying yes we will work with you you know they said to us and then no plans, no <laughs> yeah. idea, you know, and then you just you just sit and and look at each other and <laughs> and talk about whatever's going on in your head and let something come to the surface. And it's uh, it's there's been echoes of that throughout the collaboration of just like let the show come up on its own. Mm-hmm. And little things that were set off the cuff but sometimes ended up, or even musical ideas, but like throughout the whole thing, it's like whatever you're feeling right then may even end up in the show later. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. kind of like a continuous conversation still right now in, in the final stages. Yeah. It feels like that. Fascinating uh, way to, to be part of a creative project and, and definitely something that has been really inspiring, just like the, the faith that you have to have to, to continually step into the void like yeah. that. Mm. And well, I, I read somewhere in maybe the press release or something that you guys had uh, kind of scrapped some early material and yeah. like started over. Is this like a continuous thing in Wonderbound's process or was that a dramatic moment of no. like, shove this all off the table? It was, it was us... Um, uh, the the what was pivotal in that w- was a desire to um, have the collaboration be as true as possible, and we had seen some shows where it just it feels like the music is over here and the dance is over here, and uh, yeah. and we we really wanted to have everything feel unified, and we wanted it to feel like one. One show, the story and the lyrics and the music and everything uh, feels central to when when you're in the audience watching it. So that's why we had we had thought about bringing in songs we already had and having them uh, choreographed. And uh, we actually had a, a residency uh, last August where we were we went there for five days every day and uh, and worked on this material that was scrapped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, and I think it was at the end of that time. It was a scary decision, and we kind of you know t- maybe talked about it and and put it off for a little while because yeah. like, well, what if we don't come up with anything? Yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> but yeah. I think we took a, a bit of inspiration from them and how willing they are to just woo, go. <laughs> yeah. Just well, it's we're just gonna walk over there, and it's just gonna be there. And we hadn't really <laughs> figured out anything with the story at that point right. in August. And it's yeah. funny the way that it's worked too is a lot of decisions are made before you know what's going on so for instance the title you know yeah. we, we named the show before we knew what it was about because then, of grants yeah yeah because yeah, you, you have, yeah, to, you have to, to yeah and you have to so it's like you're writing this check and it's like i hope we have money in the bank and then the, the august thing was a very similar thing you know it was like uh, we don't have a story or like, what's the scene going to be? The only thing we had at that point was uh, we had an idea to do a, an, a commercial for Boomtown. Like say you're sitting in the middle of Kansas and you see this commercial for this big town. And so do like a shticky kind of show tune yeah. thing. So we had that and everything else was like searching around. But, but, but the main thing we got out of that was the vibe of some of this stuff. Like what this started to feel good. So we remembered that and we're like, okay, well let's do a song like that, you know, and have, uh, just keep an eye on what was feeling good in just the collaboration, but not settling on anything right then. 
So is, is that like an exhilarating, like liberating feeling? Like you found out you could swim after being thrown into the water or mm-hmm. like... Yeah. And then you find out that you could do, you could do things that you didn't, you didn't think yeah. you could do and you probably wouldn't have tried to do if you didn't, you know, put yourself in this slightly stressful situation. So do you have any like examples of that? Like for other things musically you guys are doing that like didn't occur to you before or it's like, oh... We could totally try this. We'll have to Absolutely. sort through Chris's it, notebook. It's, it's <laughs> kind of you mean just for Boomtown or in general as a band? Yeah, just in general. I mean, it's it's kind of who we are as a group. Trying trying weird things like that and, and seeing what seeing what happens. The first uh, initially we started doing the performance art thing uh, to to just feel alive, really. Yeah, because you know? as as a band, you could just sink into that like kind of very cyclical it can get mechanical you know yeah, and, and here people are deal our with songs it. and we're done yeah <laughs> and people deal with it in so many different ways and uh and uh one of our ways of of poking at it was to just have a new dimension in the in the shows and uh and all of those experiences were were amazing it's always it's always like you just don't know what it's gonna be and then you just go for it and then it turns out to be obviously something you never thought it was going to be, you know, but pretty empowering in that. And I think all of that work was almost preparatory for for doing uh, work like this. This this kind yeah. of this kind so of. So that taste for the theatrical was already kind of well in place before even approaching Wonderbound. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Although musically, I think that this project made us go in a little bit deeper like we'd always come together with a scrap of something or an idea and then arranged things within the group but there were some pretty memorable moments in this process with the ballet of actually sitting in a room together and having nothing and being like we need to we need to find this feeling and then just like (laughs) searching around awkwardly for it together and Mm -hmm. and it it was really it was definitely a like a trust exploration and really um wound up wound up giving us some great stuff so it does seem like that's something that you really have to cultivate with with other artists because like like when when you first like meet someone you're going to collaborate with there's like this little sniffing around you do and like yeah, yeah. there's like that sense of like oh, I don't want to waste your time like with something dumb but it's like you have to play through that stuff mm-hmm. to find the good yeah. stuff give yourself permission to be bad at <laughs> yeah. stuff for a yeah. while <laughs> yeah. seriously fail fast sometimes call fail in front of each other and then <laughs> laugh it off um so I guess that that kind of covers like a lot of uh, your creative process in general, and so has that just been a transformation over time and into like this more free form, see what happens kind of approach. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a bit over time. I I had uh, I had been part of a group that performed in the Prague Fringe Festival. That was the first time I experienced really creative sparse performance art one man shows with barely any set that would just shatter they would just they were wonderful and uh that was the first time i just never left my mind that how how moving that could be to to uh to do that um and then always wanted to to uh play with that and i think that that sort of uh Evolved, and it was nice that we were flexible enough, and we were able to think of reasons to do that. We had a laughing fit the other night, me and Kevin, <laughs> thinking about this one show we did, 
called The Fifth Wall. We did it at uh, Lanny's Clock Tower Cabaret. And we, we, uh, we did a sort of Orson Welles thing where we uh, went on the radio and did interviews and stuff and just made up a story that we had found this machine that can communicate with another planet. Uh, in the woods, or we, something, we were gonna, something like that. We were going to unveil it. <laughs> so that was the, uh-huh. that was the promo kick. We were going to unveil an interdimensional communication device. <laughs> okay. So I have and to we, ask, did you guys get to meet Colby Wilson while he was in town? Um, oh, we know Colby. We oh, met you know him, him in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, through Lord yeah. Oldhammer. Colby, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I had the pr- privilege of interviewing him a few episodes ago and uh, just saying intergalactic like communication. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's done some stuff with Meow Wolf, who's making yeah. these big, crazy installations. So uh-huh. we got to see one of them in Chicago. Yeah, we went yeah. into oh, a cave. Yeah. Well, now you're lucky, them. but because they, they have their new, like, huge thing going into Santa Fe this fall. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm, like, already planning. Like, I'm going. I'm there. Yeah. There. Yeah. That's pretty magical so cool um so i, I guess so like after this wonderbound thing um is there anything else like on the roadmap of like oh we want to do some film soundtracks or like is there something on like you know other kinds of collaborations that are kind of just like in your minds yeah primarily doing doing that kind of thing doing that kind of collaboration and there's so, there's some things in the work our friend yuri Tchaikovsky is He's been doing a documentary called Sage Country about uh, sheep herders in Northwest Colorado, and we've been kind of in that collaborative process, kind of in and out. It's it's yeah. been he's been filming it for five years, so it's kind of unfolding. But we were talking to him, and then um, really next, I guess immediately is the is the album. So I think that's that's next on the checklist at least. So this this was Dream, uh, which you were or Dream album. I don't know if you guys have an official name or if that's just like the the secret Working code title. name um, <laughs> that you guys were. Was it Indiegogo or one of these like yep. direct patronage? Um, so you guys have had the felt like you wanted to set that aside to focus on Boomtown. Has that been like a painful decision or like oh no a relief? It was it was a. <laughs> a learning process we had plans to you know get the album done in a month and then go to the ballet or then at one point like write the album do the ballet and then record the album right afterwards (laughs) and then it just became like oh wait uh let's let everything breathe and have a little bit of space and and i'm so glad we did because the process of writing the ballet has now just informed us in our our writing process together so much that i think the album can only benefit from all of the learning that we've done and from from taking our time with it and not feeling in a hurry about anything yeah, you don't want to hurry up your dream album. <laughs> yeah, and then the the way that we've gotten to collaborate through doing the ballet has sparked ideas about different ways of coming up with material for the album. Mm-hmm. And we haven't released anything since 2013. Yeah. In June. Is that the, the Compass? Yeah. That was the Compass, yeah. yeah. And uh, we have had so much material between now and then. Uh, but I'm glad that we I'm glad that we put it aside and and we could we could make something come you know. Is it like looking at a different band if you listen to that stuff from two years ago, or does it feel like you're in a different place or such a different place? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think any yeah. project. I, I would be surprised if any band said I feel good about my last. Recording. You might wonder. <laughs> yeah, you would never make a new recording if you never yeah, <laughs> wanted yeah. to move right, on right. from your last one. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Maybe. We have a hard time even like right when it's done to put it out, like actually playing the songs. They're already eight years old. Yeah. You know, they're you know only truly about a month old. 
So I, I guess one of the other themes that we touched on a bit of, uh, earlier about Denver as a place, as a boom town, um, just uh, I, I saw a quote um, about David describing uh, Denver as unique circumstance. And I guess just speaking to Denver specifically, what do you kind of see about Denver um, that that's unique right now? Um, I remember when I first moved here in 2009 or 10, um, thinking about it, noticing that there there was uh, us uh, it was a it was a very inspired kind of scene and thinking about how there's there's towns like people people think about going to the coasts to make it or to network and all of that and you know people go there to well they go there to make it or they go there to find something people are here or uh it's not necessarily a place that people are flocking to wanting something. You just have inspired people here doing what they do because they love it. And I think that that, uh, that, that has a, a, um, a really kind of empowering energy to it and a very, very free and, and kind of supportive energy to it. That uh, combined with this new attention uh, to Denver, I think makes it uh, a, a unique circumstance. But the fact that people were creating to create, they weren't creating to get a deal here, you know. Yeah. And the way that the the scene kind of was uh, uh, up to that point, and now all this stuff is going on, and uh, now it just seems like a really good opportunity. It had a it had a strong identity beforehand, and then I I feel like. People support the the local music and art and comedy and, and things like that here, and uh, uh, I think that's that's very important. What makes it unique is particularly who's standing up and doing it here, you know. But the fact that the city cares and the city identifies with its own local culture, as opposed to you know, I only go to the big shows from, you know, the people that I heard on TV or whatever, you know, people go out, there's an audience. It seems like right now there's an audience for everything. If you want to do something, there's going to be people <laughs> that are going to show up and, yeah. and give yeah, you a standing cool. ovation. I was just thinking when you said about, uh, like the city cares, like I was talking to a friend from Mississippi the other day about their public radio station and they have one hour of music during the week. Man. And like, I just yeah. like, I mean, open air is so, what yeah. they do, like they just play all the Denver bands and the Fort Collins bands. The spring yeah, is unbelievable. The time, like man. if you go to any other state and you have like their public listening, it's not like that. I don't know. It's just, there's, uh, yeah. There's, Once you start to think of things like that and yeah. film on the rocks, mm-hmm. how there's yeah. film on yeah, the rocks yeah, yeah. and they let local bands play at Red Rocks. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just things yeah. like that in Denver that would, <laughs> you would never be able to do anything like that unless you live here. Yeah. You know. um, so, are you all? Is anyone native to Colorado or Tom? Um, maybe not native, but I've been here for like twenty-four what? years. Where were you born? Germany. Oh, oh really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that in the, the Western like, Slope? I yeah. Think, but I, I also think, like in in Colorado, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe historically, there's like this like native slash non-native. Like kind There's of like weird divide. fake feud but or I, something. I don't know. I don't <laughs> so feel gross. it. I don't feel that from people here. Um, I don't like. You can be here for five years and you're a you're a Coloradan, you know, or less. Yeah, like that's if you me. really, just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. 
Now you, you've earned your no vacancy sticker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Subaru. <laughs> yeah, put it on your Subaru. And if you like, you can hear that kind of like chatter on like Facebook and stuff like that. I, I, I hear people, you know, like getting down about Denver or like, you know, Which just like ragging on it because it's like growing so much. And there are like problems that'll persist and everything like that. Especially Try as to drive on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I get down on it then. It's like rush hour starts at 1130 in the morning yeah. on Fridays. <laughs> I feel though it's just like, it's, it's a place where you can find, you can find multiple wonderful communities and you'll all with any big city or you know place with a lot of people you're you're going to get like negativity and sarcasm and um jadedness but like you could, I feel like in Colorado um and in Denver you can you can avoid it to a good degree or you you can you can choose what you what you hear and the people that you you talk to I can insulate myself from. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, people are generally pretty psyched to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means a lot. I, th- I just think in general, like people, if you're if you're living in a place and a bunch of people move there, you know, or it's different. Like people just have a hard time with change in general. I remember reading a something from Big Sur, one of the Kerouac, and he was like, "Man, it's changing too much here on the coast," you know, in the fifties. And you're like, "Wow, <laughs> I wonder what change." I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was an explosion, but it's yeah. just like it's always going to be doing that. We just have like. So many people. Yeah. And even just interesting from like the way a city grows, like if it grows too fast and you can't like, like the way roads happen in neighborhoods and like how everything just kind of gets like messed up and screwed up. And yeah. Like yeah. Just being in LA a little bit, I'm just like, oh yeah, this grew so fast <laughs> that it doesn't make any sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which th- I feel that here in some, some yeah. ways. I 70. With all this construction. Even even beforehand, some of the uh, on ramps on the I twenty five were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Zero to eighty in like twenty feet, yeah. or else you're not getting out. Just like grew faster than I don't know. Who's ready for? Well, there's also uh, not not a very strong sense of competition here. There's a strong sense of like people wanting to do something. Well, unique or uh, or or inspired, or do something really well without the feeling of I want to do it better than you. Yeah, you know, which is such a blessing. They don't have to lose for me to win, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, well, I I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the pseudo show and uh, uh, having this conversation and kind of diving deep a little bit into your your creative changes and your. Uh, your, the status of your band and uh, all the best of luck to in Boomtown and beyond with uh, your albums and everything. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for episode 21 of The Pseudo Show. As always, thank you so much for listening. My name's Michael Edwards, and you can find me at pseudomichael.com. That's P-S-E-U-D-O-M-I-C-H-A-E-L.com. And I'm also on Twitter at mEdwardsMusic. Uh, I love feedback. Any comments or questions, just hit me up. Um, you can find show notes, including links to uh, Chimney Choir's website and various other things, at sunriserobot.net slash pseudoshow slash 21. So definitely check those out. And uh, if you'd like to support the Pseudo Show on Sunrise Robot, you can head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And depending on the level you donate at, uh, you'll end up uh, on our website or we'll mention you even on individual episodes of the Pseudo Show. And 
Well, what better time than to mention Bruce Edwards, one of our Patreon sponsors. Thank you so much for supporting the network. All right, we'll see you next week.